Welcome to a holiday special of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Eddie. And I'm Andy. Join us as we go in the search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries, right here on this special holiday edition of Paranormal Dads. back everybody oh hopefully you've got your santa hat on oh Stockings i do Stockings are hung yes i got my elf hat on right now i have an elf hat i went to go see elf at the alamo draft house they had a movie party oh nice. and they gave out hats for everybody to wear huh. we had all pointed green <laughs> hats and uh yeah so i have an elf hat and a santa hat bingo i would wear them both well hopefully you're settled in Fireplace is, is crackling. You got your hot cocoa with you, and mm. you can uh, hunker down with your favorite blanket, snuggle next to your favorite pet or person, oh. and uh, enjoy this holiday special of Paranormal Dads. Here we this, are. This is just like a Hallmark special, except without all the kissing. There's, le- <laughs> there's less kissing. Less kissing. There's way more beards. Of course, I wouldn't put it past Eddie to give us a smooch before he leaves. But. You're getting a holiday smooch from me for sure, and uh, honestly, I'll be honest, guys. Like it's we've all the world has had a rough past couple years, and this holiday season just feels like a nice like ah uh, like just a good a good unwind. Yeah, I hope I hope things uh, keep going well and and everybody can stay healthy and enjoy the time with their families. I think a lot more people are getting together this year and. Uh, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, last day of work tomorrow. There you go. So yeah, me too. You know, off till January third, man. I have a lot. Yeah, well, you got a good break, it, huh? I'm taking off so much time. I'm popping in one day just to kind of make sure nothing's on fire. But beyond that, <laughs> between now and the third, I am I am gone. I'm going to have a day and about a weekend and, and yeah. back to it. But uh, at least it'll be quiet. That that week between Christmas and New Year is always pretty quiet. So. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, coming up, I think we're going to break format just a, just a little bit. We're going to kind of wing it today. Yeah, we're breaking format. We're all going to kind of just introduce like different Christmassy themed, holiday themed kind of topics and that uh, tie into the holiday and to the paranormal. And I think uh, with that, we'll probably kick off with uh, Master Andy here first. Yeah, sure. I was able to round up an article, actually, from TheGuardian.com, The Seven Most Terrifying Christmas Traditions Around the World. There you go, starting off strong. Yeah. <laughs> These are scary, guys. Like I was, I was sifting through this, and I'm like, is this too scary to share You know, if we have young viewers? So th- let this be your fore- forewarning. You know, If you're listening with somebody under the age of 10 or 12... Parental discretion is advised for a couple of these parts. The Christmas Carol, it's the most wonderful time of the year. One of the lines in that is scary ghost stories. There's actually like a spot in Christmas for some scary ghost stories. Nice. And tales of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago. It's the worst, worst (laughs) wonderful time of the year. (laughs) I just couldn't get my face to work. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. It does. We're not getting any younger, are we? Oh, boy. 
so first of all, uh, top seven, we have number one is uh, Krampus. <laughs> Eddie's Kr- favorite. Krampus coming in hot. If you don't know anything about Krampus, Krampus is the anti-Santa. Yeah. He's not here to spread cheer. He's not here to bring presents so much as snatch your presents and your children and your soul. He's cracking his knuckles <laughs> off the side. He's like, let me in, Santa. Let me in. <laughs> Crabby Krampus. Send me in. He yep. makes no bones about it. He just uh, wants to do all the evil things. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, this legend stems from parts of Austria, Slovenia, Croatia, northern Italy even. So in, in many European countries, St. Nicholas has companions who act as a negative counterpart. So St. Nick is the benevolent good cop, if you will, um, and you don't want to meet the bad cop. So one particularly bad cop is Krampus. He's a demonic half-goat monster with horns and a long tongue. He drags chains behind him as he walks and rattles them ominously. He carries a birch to whip bad children and sometimes a basket or sack for kidnapping them. So there's always that. (laughs) It's it's not good. And the Eve of St. Nicholas, uh, December 5th, is, uh, uh, God help me if I butcher this German word, uh, Krampuschnaucht? Krampuschnaucht? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's it. So basically, hordes of Krampuses marched through the Alpine towns in elaborate, sinister mm. costumes. And in recent years, the Krampuses' tendency to go on drunken rampages, getting in fights, destroying property, it's become a bit of a problem. Gentlemen. I think I've seen pictures of those I, those I, parades. And I, I believe the plural for Krampus is uh, Krampi. Krampi. And, and Krampuses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's becoming a problem, they're Krampuses. saying. You have drunken Krampuses fighting in the streets. I mean, what do you do if you're an authority? Like, <laughs> who do you even go after? They all look horribly evil. Yeah, you know, it's like you, you go. You just the, bet on the big one. That's, you bet yeah. on the big one. <laughs> <laughs> They're interfighting between the six two to of them. ten. This guy takes that guy down. And these traditions kind of disappeared for a while. I mean, they were kind of like I think acknowledged but not celebrated. But it seems like in the past maybe decade, some of these older kind of archaic, like dusty, ancient things are getting kind of re-looked at, and people are like, oh man. Christmas demons. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> like we don't have enough scary things going on around the world. Right. How can we, we make we a nice holiday dark? Go back to the scary, scary, scary stuff. We just had Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. Another one uh, uh, generates from uh, number two from uh, kind of the neck of uh, what am I trying to say? Neck of the woods of Austria and Bavaria, Frau Perchta. Oh. So Frau Perchta is a witch who comes to see those who have been naughty or nice, and she. <laughs> uh, cuts open the bellies of bad children and stuffs their corpses with straw. So it's kind of oh. like Santa bringing coal, but with disembowelment instead. Oh, Ooh. nice. Next level. Man, talk about, <laughs> forget chestnuts roasting hey. over an open fire. you got stomach cut open with a belly full of hay. There's instead not going to be any silent nights in the houses oh, that, uh, oh. that goes on. Ugh. Instead of tinsel, they decorate with large intestines and small intestines. <laughs> Man, <laughs> look, notice already the top two are from like the same pocket of the world. It is. Bavaria, yeah. Alpine. Yeah, and this one's not too far off the beaten path either. Number three, uh, Mari Lude uh, from Wales. Uh, so imagine it's New Year's Eve, okay? Imagine, close your eyes, boys. Imagine, imagine, imagine I'm there. New Year's, New Year's Eve. Yeah, yep. Pat and I. You're, you're a small Welsh child, yep. and you hear a knock on the door. Ooh, guten tag. Who? <laughs> we're Welsh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oi, who is it? I don't even know. He's a Welsh German accent. transplant. Oh. He's newly arrived in Welsh. Yeah, <laughs> you're a German foreign exchange student. So you you open the door, and looming over you is a creature with a horse's skull, wearing long billowing cloak, and trailed by people chanting. 
In the horse's eye cavities are fake eyeballs, and its mouth is slightly ajar, and you're paralyzed with terror. I've heard of this tradition. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a goat. Here's a skull of a horse. Merry Christmas. <laughs> with some eyeballs. <laughs> Here, have some horse's eyeballs. Put them in your eggnog for ice cubes. Delish. There you go. Number four, Gryla and the Yule Cat. It's from Iceland. Already we're... Land of the Elves. Ooh. So Gryla is a giant ogre who lives in a cave. During Christmas, she emerges to hunt for children, which she kidnaps, takes, takes to her cave, and cooks in a vat of stew. Mmm. Mm. Tasty. Bone Man, broth, right? We were all about threatening children with just death. Oh, dude. Back at Christmas. Like, you're going to get killed. Yeah, you're going to yeah. get killed. <laughs> I mean... You know, it, when we were growing up, Christmas was all about the kids. It's a, it's about kids being happy. It's a happy time for, yeah. for children. I mean, the worst of it was... These people were like ripping children apart at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. The worst of it was, Pat, you're not going to get, you know, you're that Oreo Speedwagon cassette tape you want so right. bad. You're not. Yeah, the album cover is just too bad. You you're can't not, have it. You're not going to get that. And you're like, oh, man, I'm sad. If you're living in Wales, you're like, hey, Pat, guess what? You're going to get murdered by a horse skull (laughs) (laughs) and your belly stuffed with hay. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, back in the, it's like nowadays, kid, I'll take your iPad away. Now it's like, you know, take your life away. We'll end you. (laughs) Disembowel you. But, you know, hang you from the rafters. Lord. (laughs) But Gryla, the Yule cat. So Gryla has a variety of companions, including the Yule lads, her 13 unruly uh, troll children. Large adult sons, and I cannot pronounce this. Jolakturian or Yule Cat. I got so, it. This I, is this is a yeah. So all of these stories, I keep going back to Hansel and Gretel. Yep. Hansel, 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 and Gretel. But so, that's what I'm thinking. The the big male blank, you know, witch. Yep. With, yep. with the two little chubby kid kids that she sticks in the oven big and they're eyes. eating away. So this Yule cat, uh, apparently, kind of like a lion seeking uh, to, to devour somebody. So the massive Yule cat lopes through the town in, in the dark, peering into lighted windows of children's bedrooms. And the only way to save yourself from being eaten is to show him that you got clothes for Christmas because you were good. So if you didn't get any new clothes, you leave out old clothes, and you hope to God that they meet his standards. Oh. So you got to trick the Yule cat. He's apparently. a fashionista. He is, yeah. He's like, this suits, darling. It's so last year. I will eat you. Because, you know, you're looking for something new to wear on the catwalk. Oh, that hurts. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Here's one that comes from France. Number five, Hans Trapp. So according to uh, lore, Hans Trapp was a local man renowned for his greed and just for being a terrible person. Hmm. So he used witchcraft and deals with the devil to become rich. After being excommunicated from the Catholic Church, he lost his wealth and social standing, as one naturally would. Uh, yep. So he took to roaming the countryside disguised as a scarecrow. And at some point, Hans Trapp became consumed with the idea that of tasting human flesh. He lured a shepherd boy to his death, then cooked him over a fire. And before <laughs> Hans Trapp could take his first bite, however, uh, God finally feeling that things had gone too far struck him with lightning. You think? Wow. Wait a minute. He's going to really eat that kid. So Hans Trapp died, but he returned sometimes on Christmas to go from door to door looking for young, tasty children. Oh, my yeah, goodness. A little salt, a little pepper. Tasty. 
you know? Wow, these European people are like, <laughs> we're going to scare these kids to death. Yeah. Be good, or yeah. you're going to get eaten. You won't live to see the new year otherwise. Uh, so there's one from Greece, Bulgaria, Serbia, and Turkey. This next one, number six, the Kalikansari. That's one too bad for me. Yeah, you did a good job. Did a good job. So the Kalikansari are goblins who spend most of the year underground trying to bring about the apocalypse. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's some tinfoil hat guys down there in a bunker with these characters. What do you think? I think so, too. So during Advent, they come out on to human territory to cause mischief and evil. They're sometimes described as black furry creatures with tusks and horns. Hmm. They're usually male and grotesquely well endowed. Hmm. Huh. Could have done without that visual. (laughs) The last one that I'll leave you guys with, uh, just in case that wasn't enough nightmare fuel. Yeah. Uh, uh, Perry Fouettard, from Fr- and this comes from French, Belgium, and, and Switzerland. So uh, Perry Fouettard was a butcher. Uh, he and his wife kidnapped, robbed, and killed wealthy children, and then carved up their bodies and hid them in saltine barrels. So St. Nicholas discovered the crime and brought the children back to life. As punishment, he forced Pierre Fautard into bondage and his eternal cannibal, uh, as as his eternal cannibal manservant. He followed Saint Nick around dealing with the problem children. Wow! What do you even, what do, you even do with it? <laughs> Who cooks up these things? Like, oh my gosh, these are just crazy stories. This makes Krampus seem mild, by the way. Yeah. Oh, dude, Krampus is like your your local uh, elf at the at the mall compared to these people. Um, there's one that I know of that I want to say comes from, I want to say like either like Denmark or somewhere like that, where he's called the Ragman. Have you heard of this one? No. Uh, it's like the old timey telling of the Nutcracker Suite, and in the very beginning, the the Ragman will come and steal you if you're if you're a child, will come and steal you away if you don't go to bed by your bedtime. If you're up too late, whatever that means, he will come and take you away and turn you into a mouse, and then give you away to the to the Mouse King. Or whatever, and you have to like work in like as a mouse. You have to live as a mouse for the rest of your life. And it was I remember seeing this like this old cartoon of this like retelling of the Ragman coming to get these children, and he was like stealing kids and turning them into mice. It was some next level. It's it's that stuff you come across as a kid that like leaves a mark on your brain. You're like, oh man, I'll never forget that. <laughs> anyway, see, when I was a kid, it was Santa Mouse, and he was a good person. Santa Mouse was a good mouse, I should say. Yeah. He was a good guy. Oh, man. <laughs> Where's Santa Mouse in all of this? Santa Mouse? Yeah. You never heard the story no. of Santa Mouse? Oh. Santa Mouse was a, he, he was a mouse that lived in a, a department store, I believe. Okay. And Santa comes in one day, uh, Christmas Eve, and Santa Mouse is all lonely in the department store. And so Santa gives him a little Santa suit and a Santa beard and Santa boots and and takes the mouse with him, and they go and deliver presents to all the good little boys and children. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's a great, that, great book. That's a good great little book. mouse story. Yeah. See, yeah. we're ending on a nice positive. There's good in the world, people. You just have to look for it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and look the other way when you see Krampus and, and the demon cat coming your way to criticize your blue jeans. <laughs> I mean, you know... Can you imagine all these little kids, these little two, three-year-olds who cry when they sit on Santa's lap? Have them sit on Krampus's lap yeah. or, you know, the Yule Cat's lap and see what happens. You'll be grateful now. <laughs> we, wish we, we wish it was Santa, don't you? <laughs> I don't want to talk to a goblin try, <laughs> trying to bring about the end of the world. 
Oh, Merry gosh. Christmas, kids. Well, there you go. It you was know, a rough these... living, growing up in Eastern Europe, man. Oh, yeah. No. You had <laughs> to fight for a good toy back then. They don't play <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. Is your ball fun? Do you like your ball? Yes, it's good. <laughs> don't like crap. Let's take me away. <laughs> play with your ball, kid. Like it's a block of wood that doesn't even roll. <laughs> Pretend it's a ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one, Andy. Thanks. And, Pat, I think you had something on board, like a, a haunted artifact or something like this, right? Yeah. And it's a uh, family, actually, uh, fairly recent sighting almost. It, a family got a uh, special present last year for Christmas, and uh, that's what's coming up next. Oh, boy. Here we go. So this is from uh, WLBT Television uh, in Brandon, Mississippi. And uh, the author is Josh Carter. Um, This is a story uh, that was reported on just uh, a year ago, back in January 25th of 2021. Um, But it's a story about a family, a lady by the name of Whitney Merritt describes the beginning of nearly three weeks of paranormal activity her family endured after receiving a Christmas present. So last Christmas, uh, the family received a vintage doll carriage. And if you look at the carriage, it's very much a vintage. We're talking vintage. It looks like it's probably from the 20s, okay, 30s. I mean, it looks like an antique. So it's know? made out of lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lead paint. All lead. All oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, nothing plastic on this thing whatsoever, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, the... The present was this doll carriage, and her mother had gotten it from a friend of a friend who had gifted it to Whitney's daughter. And it sat there by the Christmas tree for the first few days. Um, And then after a few days, the knocking started. Oh. Knocking in the house. So um, they would hear it in the walls of their their home, Mm -hmm. which they had recently moved into. And it eventually grew so loud that on two occasions Whitney walked to the front door thinking somebody was outside knocking on the door um, and of course when she's here this hears this knocking it's around midnight her husband is off uh, at work uh, so she called her husband and, and says I think there's someone at the front door and she goes out and turns on the porch light and of course nobody's there yeah um, so after about the third or fourth night of this, uh, they started hearing it more like a, a boom, boom, boom coming from the attic, oh. which, you know, just makes your hair curl. But uh, the sounds were above their living room. Uh, they became so frequent that they could no longer be ignored. So one weekend in the middle of the night, her husband went into the attic carrying a shotgun and a flashlight expecting to find somebody up there and again nobody was there um so week two starts with a bang it was around two or three in the morning when whitney was awakened to what she calls from a dead sleep uh the noise was so loud she said she thought their dog had crashed through the window of their their front door my gosh she walked around their home but found nothing in the morning while walking into the kitchen 
She discovers a bag on the ground, and in the bag were two coffee mugs they had recently purchased. Um, The bag was like three or four feet away from the table, so you know it wasn't something that just kind of fell, slipped off the table. Of course, both the mugs were broken, and the next night they heard another bang. This was around 3.30 in the morning. Uh, She rushed to the kitchen to find another bag on the floor inside another shattered mug. This time shards of glass had come out of the bag, so Whitney began sweeping it up. She cleaned it up, turned around, started walking out of the kitchen, and then heard a loud crash. It sounded uh, very similar to like a, a pile of silverware being dropped into a sink. So, you know, it's that's, a pretty significant sound. That's a right. unique sound. And yeah. this is right after she cleaned up a mess, yeah. you know, of a, of a broken mug. Um, so, the, a little bit, you know, maybe a week or so goes by and more events occur involving their children, uh, their children's rooms and their toys. There was a dream catcher and a lamp in her daughter's room that fell to the floor multiple times. They would pick them up and, again, the dream catcher and the lamp would fall to the ground. That's pretty creepy when you got, you know, something you think a dream catcher is there to kind of keep you safe from this sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just being thrown onto the ground. So um, she said her husband went up to the door, opened the door real quick, turned on the light, and there was nothing there. Uh, He stood there messing with the doors in the hallway for a minute, just trying to find a logical explanation. Um, Maybe it was like, you know, suction slamming the door. You know, maybe there was a draft or something. Uh, But the door never moved again. Uh, The next day, the family was in the living room when one of their children's toy cars started playing music repeatedly. When they checked it, the toy's power switch was turned off. But then Eddie's phone rang. and (laughs) (laughs) wasn't on silent there. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Uh, So later that evening, we heard more from Eddie's phone. (laughs) Oops. When a time a bell rings, an angel gets gets his wings. wings. (laughs) So later that evening, Whitney went up to wake up Michael for work. And as he got ready, um, she began to uh, clean up in the living room. And then she heard her husband walk walk into the kitchen to fix himself some coffee. She says she asked him a question, which he ignored, so she just asked it again, still no answer. Frustrated, she walked into the kitchen, but found no one there. So she heard her husband go into the kitchen, but it really wasn't her husband. Yeah. Andy's kind of familiar with with uh, similar yeah. goings-on in, in, in a previous home he lived in. Yeah, it reminds me of the, the house that I lived in, in in the Benson area of Omaha, Nebraska. It's kind of an older uh, you know, older neighborhood, old, older homes. A lot of most people that I know who lived in ben, who live in Benson are used to uh, have paranormal happenings around the house. But that's always what it is. It's you know, banging noises. It's, yeah. it's things waking you up at night. It's footsteps in a, in a different room where nobody's at. You know, it's uh, it's strange, but it does happen. But this all originated with a gift. It was a Christmas gift yeah. that they brought into the home, and it was an artifact that was old. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's the thing, man. People stick to Amazon. You know, stick to things that are new that you buy. <laughs> buy <in> new things. <laughs> you're you're just you're you're asking for trouble when you go to an old antique store and you don't know the history and the energy and and who this item belonged to. 
you can gift it to somebody and, and there'd be a whole heap of energy attached to that item. If you're all attached to buying like old things, just buy something new and think of it as a future antique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she was pretty shaken up because she swore she's she even saw out of the corner of her eye she saw her husband walk in. But, you know, it probably wasn't her husband, could have been who knows uh uh, shadow person or something she, she mm-hmm. caught some kind of a shadow going into the kitchen but it wasn't her husband wasn't there so apparently the final straw came when uh one day uh she said she saw someone walk into the kitchen she had gone to get groceries at the at the grocery store um her four-year-old daughter was at their grandparents and her seven-year-old son was at school and her husband was the only one home whitney said that w- it was around twelve thirty. In the afternoon, uh, when he called her, and he said, "Hey, is Paxton home?" And Whitney said, "No, he's still at school." So Paxton is is, is the child. Mm-hmm. And uh, when her, her her daughter got home, Michael explained the call. He said that when he was in bed, uh, he heard the front door close. Then he heard Paxton's door close. Then he began hearing knocking on the walls. He called Paxton's name five or six times, but there was no answer. That's when he got up, walked to his son's room. Paxton's bedroom light was on. His Xbox was on, uh, there, and a bottle of water was actively dripping on the floor. After telling Whitney the story, they had a discussion about all the strange occurrences in their home when they had begun. We were sitting here just fixated on that little baby carriage, and uh, that's when they stuck it outside. So uh, since then, everything has been normal. No more knocking, no more footsteps in the attic, uh, no more broken dishes. That's a violent poltergeist. And they put it outside. That was all it wanted was the thing out of the house. <laughs> so, so get this. The carriage now resides in the garage and has been placed on Facebook Marketplace for $65. <laughs> wow. Who wants to buy a haunted baby carriage? We do. Let's buy that carriage, guys. So Dude, forget uh, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. If, if that's bringing that much trouble into your home, you take that two states away. You know, you, you torch it, you you sweep up the ashes <laughs> and bury them six feet underground. Yep. You know. Yep. No baby carriage is that important to me. The caption on it said, "Full disclosure, it's definitely haunted." So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ugh, I wouldn't want that in my house at all at that point. That's, Just saying. No. So the minute they removed it, everything stopped. Everything stopped. That's crazy. So, so thanks to WLBT and Josh Carter for that uh, breaking news update of last Christmas. Christmas gone by. Don't get your uh, friends and family haunted objects. Freaking haunted Christmas. They might wicked like haunted, it. eh? It's a wicked haunted Christmas. Well, coming up next, Eddie wants to talk about a holiday classic. Near and dear to many of our hearts. I do indeed. So this time, yeah, get back, you get uh, put on your old newsboy hats like Andy wears. Uh, sit back with your uh, French coats and the snow is coming down and drink your hot chocolate and, and get ready for a Charles Dickens visit. All right, everyone. It's a Merry Christmas, it is. There's Andy. There's Pat. And there's me, Eddie. <laughs> it doesn't sound so cool. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk briefly about Charles Dickens and the classic 
a Christmas Carol. He didn't just write a Christmas Carol. He wrote a Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. He wrote other things too, but he's probably most well known for a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And one of the fun things about a Christmas Carol was that uh, it didn't really take on its classic like story uh, until well after it was published. In fact, I think initially, no, actually, no, I take that back. It was it was received well, but I think it started to get received more well as people were starting to like do play do a play of it. It was there was okay. doing you know they were doing like a seasonal show of a Christmas Carol, and that's when it really took on. Um. And the thing I wanted to really focus on within Christmas Carol, because pretty much we all are familiar with the story, right. and and um, the thing I wanted to focus on about Christmas Carol was really a the themes of transformation of someone literally deciding to be someone different, and also the themes of the ghosts of a Christmas Carol. They are just some of the most fascinating characters I think in storytelling, at least modern quote unquote modern storytelling. Um, and the big thing about A Christmas Carol was that it was actually – it was set in Christmas. But the reason why he chose Christmas as a setting was because it was supposed to be a charitable, giving, loving time of year. And Dickens was observing that with the advent of what – you know the, the Industrial Revolution, how people were becoming more and more kind of detached from their place in society and in the, and in the world. And he was literally seeing what he felt to be two different versions – of society where there was a version pre-industrial revolution where it was very much like a family like like almost like what we have like you would work together you would like be happy to work there the the people the the boss the person who owned that company looked at his employees as like stewards he's like man without you i have no company and would actually take care of his employee or her employees it would be looked at as almost like a of deep relationship like i can't do what i do without you so the implication was if you had a job that job ostensibly could take care of you and your family and it was Mm -hmm. like a good relationship and then with the industrial revolution it was like it people became very disposable it was like just another number another cog in the wheel like we don't need you you're lucky to be working you're lucky to even have a job you know that was the that was kind of the, the 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 shift in the thinking and so the idea being is setting it in Christmas, tying it to this character who is so attached to this, you know, this me, mine, you know, me first mentality, and then kind of introducing them to these old, archaic, true things about humanity, about like, you know, to give and to love and to leave yourself open to um, just being able to care for your fellow uh, human uh, is at the heart of the story. The ghosts are what is, you know, the impetus behind this transformation. These are the instruments in which, you know, he's revealed and shown these things. And particularly, I wanted to focus on not just like uh, uh, the the ghost of Marley, which really is like the first, like, you know, hey man, you messed up. Right. Time to get things straight. This is what's yeah. going to happen to you if you don't yeah. look yeah. at look at me. Look what's happened to me. You're next. Yeah. If you don't shape up. Yeah. And in that era, too, people were lit- – the, the paranormal was alive and well in, like, Victorian-era England. I mean, it was a big thing about Ouija boards and people who are having seances. And so this, like, rung really true with a lot of people. Like, oh, man, I don't want a ghost of a dead business partner haunting me. And and But this notion of ghosts that are coming to teach a lesson, you know, are they're coming to bestow upon him a gift uh, or a, a facet of Christmas – and the thing that I liked the most about this was that they were ghosts of Christmas. 
So literally the first one goes to Christmas past. We're going to have you reflect and live through just the Christmases. It's not like, you know, these were all Christmases of his past that he had to experience again, you right. know. Um, and then um, the, my personal favorite, the ghost of Christmas present um, and what I like about it, and then there's a couple of different, there's a lot of different tellings of the Ghost of Christmas Present, but I think that in all of them, he starts off uh, as this young, vibrant um, character where he's like, you know, laughing and full of life. And as he begins to show Scrooge what people around him are doing right now in their Christmas, he begins to age very quickly. Like this, this, this ghost is becoming very haggard and old very yeah. fast and right in front of Scrooge. And this notion of seeing the idea of a, of the present moment uh, manifest as a person to drive that home, uh, and Scrooge even asks, he's like, "Oh, spirit, you're you're you look so old now." And he's like, "So it is with my with me and every one of my brothers before me, you know that we are literally spirits of the present, and the present is fleeting." And it's yeah. just like, "Oh man!" Like seeing that driven home as like a relationship or as a person in your life it's like oh man that's christmas this christmas now is what we have you know one one of the uh tellings of a christmas carol that i think really shows that what you're explaining there is the muppet christmas carol yes because you know they start off come in and know me better man he's a big old jovial guy with a red beard mm -hmm. and by the end does his beard gets gray it's like white yeah, he's like yeah. looks like santa almost yeah. he's like this old and he can't move as well his voice is haggard yeah it's a very good representation yeah. of that and and uh once again using the spirit world using the the notion of a ghost that actually is going to age and fade away into into nothingness um driving home again that that feeling of like all we have is this moment Remember, I, I kind of grew up with the Disney version of it, where you had, you know, Donald Duck, Goofy, Mickey Mouse. Um, you know, I think Scrooge it was Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck yeah. was, was uh, the main character. And, you know, it was kind of cutesy. It's but cutesy. That, that, that was the one I grew up with, you know, right in the wheelhouse of seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was an adult I saw an older version like from I mean from back in the day it looked yeah. like maybe 30s or 40s yeah. and it was creepy it's yeah. scary yeah. very creepy I mean the idea I think originally from Charles Dickens was that he wanted to kind of scare the reader a little bit in fact one of the things they left out in some of the more like the Muppet and the Disney version um, that they did show and uh, Jim Carrey did they did another ver an animated version of this very realistic looking but it was not a cutesy version of A Christmas Carol. It was very much kind of what you're getting at, Andy. It was like that older telling of it. And there's a scene in which um, the ghost of Christmas future like opens his robes. And it might be a... No, it might be the present, actually. Opens his robes, and you see these like scary-looking, like gaunt, disease-ridden like children. And they're like... <laughs> and they're like, whoa, what is that? And he goes, this one is ignorance, and this one is famine. And this is what will come out of living a selfish, uh, you know, meaningless life where you're only caring about yourself. This is what happens when you do this, when you ignore your fellow man. So there are sc super scary, yeah. like more closer to the original source material, tellings of the story. Um, and then uh, ultimately with the ghost of uh, Christmas future, you know, I mean, and it's his Christmas, clearly. And it's like, clearly, you know, spoiler alert, it shows Scrooge his grave. Yeah. But then it shows that no one is really terribly 
sad to see this person gone. And he didn't leave much of a mark. Like, like he took care of himself, certainly, but he didn't have any sort of legacy. Nobody cared that he was gone. And so, and, and the people he could have helped didn't get helped. And, and their lives were worse because of it. And so, uh, once again, you're using these, these ghost stories, these, these ghosts, to drive these principles home about Christmas uh, to this character, ostensibly the reader. Um, but personally, like, I, I think about these spirits, these ghosts, quite a bit this whole time. I don't, I don't just think about them during this last few days before Christmas. I think about them pretty much the whole season and just how they kind of, all three of them, uh, and yes, even Marley, but the, all three of them kind of carry with them this overarching like feeling of what it means to be in this time of year. And it's just neat that like it's tied to a ghost story, you know, like, you know, it's just fun. I dig yeah. it. I mean, it, it is. It's it's a timeless classic for a reason, right? I mean, it doesn't just teach us something about the holiday. It teaches us a lot about ourselves and our morals and who we are versus who we want to become. And uh yeah, it's it's, it's it, and it is. It's a great time of year for just overall reflecting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, taking stock of what you accomplished this year, what you hope to do better next year and well, um, and like the the gift of Christmas is that you get to make it anything you want it to be. And so this notion that you can reach out, you can reach in, you can, you know, you know, talk to family or friends or even strangers, but you can kind of, you know, make your Christmas kind of be what you need it to be. It's just kind of I love it. It's a, it's a great time well and speaking of being charitable uh pat mr pat here was nice enough to <laughs> to gift us uh some really cool presents this year he came over with a gift bag we have a hot wheels monster truck and it's the bigfoot edition there's a yes, monster truck yes. called bigfoot we were lucky enough to touch this with our very We've own hands seen it in person there are photos of us posing with this thing <laughs> uh also he gave you this amazing cool shirt oh my god one of my favorite podcasts aside from this one obviously I'm a big fan of Dogman Encounters Radio. You know, I've listened to 380-some episodes of that. It's funny, Pat, because just, I mean, a month or two ago, I was on their website of, of merchandise thinking about buying a mug or a shirt, and I uh, didn't. And yeah. Pat, you know, Pat got me a Dogman Encounters Radio t-shirt. Eddie, the present he got you, Eddie, you're wearing your I'm gift. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> Put it right on. It is a Fresno Nightcrawler tank top with a great drawing of these Fresno Nightcrawlers. It's just it's so weird. They look like little Pac-Man ghosts with legs. <laughs> if you've never seen the Fresno Nightcrawler videos on YouTube, go go out and, and look at them. They're some of the strangest things you'll ever see. And Just how they move is weird. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, amazing little uh, phenomena. And, it's weird. Um, I'd love to see one in person. Oh, <laughs> I think I'd faint. I think I would actually like pass yeah, out. Yeah. Like from fandom. <laughs> Ooh, like Elvis. Uh, and Andy got us some amazing gifts too, Pat. Some yes. Beautiful Christmas cards with some amazing Bigfoot stickers. Yeah, we got stickers. I got a Bigfoot. Uh, it's kind of like a Colorado background sticker mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, very pretty. Which uh, Colorado, one of the hotbeds of of Bigfoot. Um, if you've ever read some of the uh, the Bigfoot um, books by... Um, What's the name of the uh, Rusty Wilson? Rusty Wilson. Rusty Wilson's Bigfoot campfire stories. Uh, yeah, he yeah. he's got one just about Bigfoot in the Rocky Mountains yeah. and and Colorado type Bigfoots. Uh, yeah. Fun fun book to read if you're looking for a gift this year. Last minute gift idea. Yeah, check those out. They're they're a lot of fun. Run to the bookstore. Bunch of short stories. Uh, fun to read uh, right before you go to go to sleep at night. 
Oh, I love doing that. Well, hopefully this podcast is a gift in and of itself uh, to you and your family. Hopefully you enjoy it. We sure enjoy recording, and uh, you know it's mutually beneficial too. We we appreciate the feedback and the support. And uh, as always, if you have suggestions for weird anomalies, uh, lesser known main mysteries, if you have a, a pop culture segment that you think we should cover, just reach out to us on our social media outlets, or or you can email us g- uh, paranormaldads at gmail dot com and. Uh, yeah, sincerely. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Yuletide, Absolutely, uh, Kwanzaa, yeah, whatever, whatever late, you celebrate. Late Hanukkah to you. <laughs> late Hanukkah, yeah. Just celebrate, celebrate whatever you celebrate. You know, it's always yeah. nice to have something to look forward to. Love it. Festivus for the rest. Festivus of us. for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, all you everybody. For yeah. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters. Man, I haven't screwed one up in a while. It's okay. All right. Should we do Lion Lemon Face? Lion, lion face. face. Lemon Face. Lion Face. Ah. Lemon Face. Okay. Here we go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, take care. Have a, a great 2000. Uh, two. Tw- tw- 20, 2022. 2022. 2022. Talk about Ghost of Christmas Past 2002. 2002. <laughs> We're time hopping. Uh, you said 2002. I'm like, that's not right. That's <laughs> not right at all. <laughs> it's so hard when you start it's getting so, old. We're getting old. We've had too much eggnog, people. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, thanks for listening and, and take care, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.